welcome to this week's edition of the Taught by Grace podcast. We will explore God's Word to learn how we can live by God's grace and for His glory. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Here's your host, Noah Hooper. We've come to our the last verse in this section on how Christians are to interact with one another in Romans 12, verses 9 through 13. We spent quite a few episodes in this since we began our journey through Romans 12, which we are nearing an end as well. But I want to remind you of a phrase that I use to characterize how believers relate to one another. The Christian's relationship with other believers is not one of independence, but interdependence. Though Lone Ranger Christianity is popular in this age, many live like they do not need a local body of believers, but they can do it on their own. That may be popular, but it is not biblical. The biblical version of true Christian fellowship is exemplified by interdependence among believers. This interdependence is revealed by using our spiritual gifts to serve one another. We see that in verses 3 through 8 of Romans 12. But it is also displayed in how we relate to one another. That is seen in verses 9 through 13. It is characterized by an unhypocritical love, passionate holiness, familial affection, fiery service, steadfast perseverance, and today we're going to see that it is abundant generosity. Now, if you haven't listened to those episodes, I encourage you to go back and check them out. Certainly, this passage paints a detailed picture of real Christianity displayed in the way that believers relate to one another. In a word, it is love. It is love that is not self-serving, but self-sacrificing. Christian relationships are marked by caring more for the needs of others than for yourself. Romans 12 verse 13 paints an even greater picture of this in describing Christian generosity. So let's read these few verses again. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. So this verse that we're looking at today paints a picture of Christian generosity, but what is Christian generosity? Many have taken verses like this and the example of the early church's generosity as being proof text for some kind of socialistic society among the church, but that's just not the case. Christians are not generous and hospitable by coercion. They are generous and hospitable by desire. They do not give because they are forced to, but because they desire to. They do not open the doors of their homes because they are forced into it, but because they want to do it. The difference between Christian generosity and the redistribution of wealth that many promote is that Christian generosity flows out of the abundance of the grace that they have received in Jesus Christ. We give and we open because Christ has done that for us. Here's a truth that must be established before we look into our text for the day. Any display of generosity or hospitality that comes because of guilt, coercion, or force is not Christian generosity. Biblical giving is not forced. Rather, there is a desire to do it. And why is this? In this episode, we're going to look at generosity in two ways. We're going to see the 
reason for it and answer that question I posed a moment ago by examining some passages in the New Testament as a whole, then we're going to see the display of it as revealed in Romans 12, verse 13. So let's see, first of all, the reason for it. And it's simply the example of Jesus. Perhaps there's not a better passage on the reason for Christian generosity than 2 Corinthians 8. In that passage, we have the example of the Macedonians. They were not rich or wealthy by this world's standards. In reality, they were poor and destitute. But the Bible teaches us that they gave beyond their power liberally and abundantly. Not because they were forced to do it, but because they wanted to do it. They desired to give in that offering because they had first given themselves to the Lord. And that is so important. And they also understood the truth of the verse that I'm going to read to you in a moment. Paul used the Macedonians as an example to the Corinthian church of what true Christian generosity is and then points them to this in verse number 9. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and verse number 9, the Bible says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might become rich. The greatest example of generosity is found in the person and work of Jesus Christ. He was infinitely rich, but he became poor. He emptied himself and put on humanity. The eternal, infinite God of the universe robed himself in a mortal body. What condescension, what grace! Truly, no one has ever done what he has done. This was the infinite robed and finite, the eternal placed into time, infinitely rich, but he had no place to lay his head, perfectly righteous, but he bore our sin that we might be saved. The greatest display of generosity is found in Jesus Christ, and his display is what should motivate us that have been transformed by his grace and power to be generous in our lives today. By understanding what he did, we will be more willing to open our hands and hearts to fellow believers in generosity. The reason Christians are called to be generous and hospitable is because Jesus has perfectly displayed this in what he did in his incarnation, life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Christians give because they have been given in Jesus Christ. We open our hands because Christ has welcomed us into his. Our motivation to obey the passage we are looking at today must not be guilt or coercion, but love. We ought to long to be generous and hospitable because Christ has been so to us through his finished work. Now let's look at what Christian generosity looks like. And we're not going to dive. There are many different paths you could go down and look at these verses. But I just want to point out a truth to you today as we look at Romans 12 verse 13. So we see how Christian generosity is displayed. In the first phrase of that verse says, distributing to the necessity of the saints. Christian generosity is displayed in the believers of a local congregation coming together to meet the needs of those who cannot meet the need for themselves. This is often seen in a church taking up a special offering perhaps for a person within the church or a missionary in a foreign field. It may be displayed in many ways, but the essence of the first phrase is that believers come together to meet the needs of other believers. The word distributing comes from the Greek word, which means to share with others. It is rooted in the word that we get 
fellowship or communion from, which gives the idea of commonness or commonality is what we have in common. It then paints the picture of believers coming together with their goods to do what? Give to the necessity of the saints. They give to meet the, notice this, needs, the needs of other believers. That is so important. This is not about you and I coming together to meet the wants of those who cannot manage their finances. Neither is it about meeting the needs of those who can work but do not work. 1 Timothy 5.8 clearly teaches the importance of providing for your own. Even, it even describes the man who will not work for his family as worse than an infidel. He doesn't even act like a Christian when he does that. Then to distribute to the necessity of the saints is to meet the needs of those who cannot meet it for themselves. It is those who are able to do so, meeting the needs of those who cannot do it for themselves. They do not do it to redistribute wealth or anything like that. Rather, they recognize from the abundance that God has given them and use it to meet the needs of those who cannot do it for themselves. The example for this is set in 1 John 3, verses 16 and 17, where you'll remember that the Apostle John is writing on the subject of love and how it is displayed. Verse 16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. He's saying, here's how you love one another. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? It is those who, one, have this world's good. They are able to meet the need. It will not impoverish his own life. And then secondly, is those who see his brother's need. So he has the ability to meet a need, and he recognizes the need of a fellow Christian. And then thirdly, he doesn't shut up his bowels of compassion. He opens his hand and freely gives to his brother to meet the need. That is Christian generosity in a nutshell. It is someone who has the ability to meet a need, sees a need, and says, I'm going to meet the need. That is true Christian generosity. It is going from your own abundance that God has blessed you with and using that to help those who stand in need. Now we see that so Christian generosity is displayed in distributing to the necessity of the saints, but also in hospitality. The next phrase says, given to hospitality. The word hospitality literally means to be open to strangers. The example of Christian generosity is not that believers are reluctant to meet the needs of others and open their homes to others, but they are given to it. They want to do it. I understand there are difficulties with this subject that may cause some reluctance, but it does not annul the truth of this passage, and that is that Christians are to have a heart of generosity. We ought to desire to give. We ought to desire to open our hands, open our homes, and open our hearts for the sake of others. Every Christian may not be able to financially meet the needs of other believers. However, even if you are not financially increased, even if you do not have the ability to open the doors of your home to certain people, every believer all to have the characteristics of generosity that are described in this, and that is there is a desire to do it. You may not be rich in this world's good, but Christ's example of sacrifice and service should motivate you and I to do what we can in being generous. God does not ask his own to bankrupt themselves in order to meet 
others' needs. Rather, we are charged that if we are able to do so, we do not hold back, but openly and freely give. Whatever your financial or physical state, you ought to be willing to do what this verse calls us to do. What it looks like differs from case to case, but the attitude remains the same. That is, every Christian is willing to open their hands, open their hearts, open their homes, and maybe even open their wallets, and whatever to other believers because they understand what Christ has done for them. Does this describe you and I? I understand as as I've been studying this passage over the last few weeks in Romans 12 verses 9 through 13, this is real Christianity. This is not pie-in-the-sky Christianity, if you will. This is real deal. This is putting faith in action. And I understand that more than likely all of us need to increase in each of these things, in having true love, in pursuing holiness, in having that familial affection, in that fiery service, and certainly in this generosity. So may we, by the grace of God, continue to grow in these as we relate to other believers. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Taught by Grace podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I hope you will consider subscribing and leaving a review. And I hope that you will join me next week as we continue studying God's Word to learn how to live by His grace and for His glory.